0: The views, thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the speakers and by no means represent that of Iron Valid Cast. Hello story lovers. Welcome to the Short Tales Club, a place where I and my friends rethink and discuss short stories that we find fun and interesting. Please note that this is a spoiler future as we cannot be held accountable for our frenzied excitement. Seriously, we really can't help ourselves. Other than that, enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Short Tales Club. My name is Oz, and with me are
1: Crypt and Fresh.
0: Okay, um, Fresh is doing it again, you know, showing us how fresh she really is. Our tale for today is one that is quite interesting. I don't want to use any more adjectives to describe it, so I don't give anything away. I'm going to try and um, hold on to the suspense for as long as I can. For those who have not read this story, it is a story titled The Man from Kao. It is written by Blessing Ali Utafa. Blessing Tafa is a writer and a Pioneer Fellow of the 2018 Year of Creative Writing Fellowship. She is also an educationist with an interest in researching education continuity in emergency situations. Tafa is a shaper with the Abuja Global Shapers Community of the World Economic Forum. Blessing's passion lies in education and children's literature. In 2020, she won the Wakini Courier Children's Prize for Literature. Blessing can be found reading a book, attempting to write one, watering her plants, swimming, or simply marveling at her unfinished manuscripts. The man from Kao was shortlisted for the 2022 Hafsat Abdul Wahid Women Short Story Prize. Let's take our sound reviews. Hmm. Uh Mm -mm. There you have it, our sound reviews. So, if any of this has piqued your interest, sit back, relax, and listen to us discuss this tale. The man from Kao... Usually it is at this point that I give a synopsis about um, the story, but I wouldn't be doing that today. Um, I'm just going to go right ahead by throwing a question to my friends to see what they think. If you were asked, would you say that Iman is blind, colorblind, or no visual impairment?
2: Um, I think she's blind, not colorblind. At first it seems like she's colorblind, but where her mother mentions teaching her Braille, I realized that, okay, it's probably blind. But then it could also be that her mother just wants to teach her everything that exists. Yeah, I think I would go
1: with him. Um, Braille is um, one thing for completely blind people. But but again, I think um, she's just blind. She's blind. Completely? Completely, yes.
3: Iman is blind.
0: <laughs> okay. So, in the story, we learned that... Um, the first time Iwan um, heard about the man from Cao she was four years old. Now, um, that is the title of the story. And that, how do I put it now? Let's explore the significance of the title of the story to the content of the story. The man from Kao. What do we think about him? What do we think about it? Is it just a story that um, she's told every night to help her? Is it a bedtime story or is it more than that? Um.
3: Okay. At first, it, it started like maybe a bedtime story. You know, usually it's in the night, in the evening when the sun is down. She started outside with Baba. Baba will tell her the stories, and then. Um, but then, uh, as time goes on in the story, we got to realize that the story kind of was beginning to, as it was unwinding. I don't know. It was beginning to relate to... Because at some point, she was like, oh, the story, the man from Kao is Baba. Baba would... Uh, it was when he was trying to... Before, before he met... It was a story about Baba, how and how he met my mom, and how before he had a shop in Kasunbachi, he would sell jewelries, he would ride on his bicycle, he had a cart that was in Kao, and then the story would change and everything. So I think it wasn't really clear, but... It's it's it has to happen now. I don't know.
1: So finishing the story, I it made me um think about um this movie How I Met Your Mother and um this movie is talking about I mean the whole story of how the couples met and for this story, this is the story of um the man in Kao is Baba and the woman that um he was selling to was the was the mother. And this is a story that um, has effect on on the child. Doe does what they think. They give it um, importance at each stage of her life, and it, it, it made her relate to it. I don't want to talk about how something end how the whole story end, but I think it is very important story, and the name captures the whole of the the whole of the event that happened. The man
2: from Kao. There's something about the name that just makes it really significant. Like that kind the cow that you go to every day, but then now for some reason. It forces you to pay attention. Like cow usually everybody just thinks of cow as that bus stop that you're either going to or coming from. Um or a midway point between Mondo or I don't know, um yeah. on your way to Zaria, maybe Garage. But then the title makes it really significant and from the beginning of the story you are trying to understand why. And as Iman is telling the story, she's also taking along her own journey because the story of the man from Kao is the story of this man's journey on his bicycle with a cat. She goes on a journey trying to understand where the story is coming from. And every retelling of the story changes the tale. Like her dad, I don't know if it's he's taking creative liberties, but the story keeps on evolving and evolving. So, he starts telling her the story from when she's four. And by the time she's six, things change and so the story changes.
0: I like all your takes on um what do you think of the title as it relates to the content of the story. But um yeah, we'd have to come back to that. I I can't I can't go on right now without revealing the without doing the big reveal and no 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 not yet. I'm keeping you all in suspense. All right. <laughs> What do you think of the writing? Um for me, I like the way that Blessing described blindness. It was exquisite. You you think of someone who is blind and the first thing is you're feeling sympathy because you know that they're they're losing out on all of the colors that they can see for themselves. But Iman was so lucky to have a mother who took the time out to make sure that she saw, despite being blind, she saw things. She knew what they looked like, what they felt like, without actually seeing them. She described everything in each tiny little detail, so much so that I think Iman actually saw even more than we that are seen, because the strength of the imagination... If you're able to just close your eyes and imagine things, they are actually more vivid than what your mortal eye can show you. So I was really impressed. What do you guys think?
3: I think Iman um, was really lucky, yes, for her mother because um, it's like, yes, you can see this color Um, But you should be able to, let me touch this, feel it. They know that this is what this color feels like or what it looks like. I don't know. It's just awesome. The narration for me, it's epic. I love what the author did there. Her you know, the explanation and how this mother was able to just keep going on and on trying to explain things like, Oh, okay, yellow is this. It is the smell of this, you know, when you it's like um there was this particular place she talked about her veils, the softness and all. It's just beautiful, it's awesome. Even you that you can see, you get to imagine this things. So imagine someone that is blind. You know, usually they they say there's this thing they say when you're missing, when you're losing one's senses. Other senses are kind of heightened, so it's like, it's beautiful. I think whatever that was going on in Iman's head, whenever her mom was um, explaining these colors, what it, it's awesome. I love it.
1: She did a nice job, a very nice job, because um, it's um, one of the teaching techniques in most um, schools now, um, the power of expression. Um, blindfold a child, um, give an object, feel it, I mean, taste it, and write about it. So it's nice. Blind is never exquisite. It's never it's never fun. I, I, but what you do with blindness is, um, I mean, I don't know, I've forgotten this pianist, um, this African-American pianist that is doing Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder then you have um cobams the Kobams in Nigeria they're doing a very I mean beautiful job with the blindness and I think what she's done with the story, the fact that she's taking us uh, what do you call it um uh, flashback and um you know you know back and forth the story at you 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 are second guessing yourself. The man in Kao, I thought he was a rapist then I thought it was just another story. Till So she's done a very nice job. In just about 10 minutes or 15 minutes that you, re, you read, she's taking you um, to a world where you have been but never been. Like, how do you um, seek? Colors in waters and in skies and distance. So we take it for granted because we see them every day. So by the time she starts explaining it to the child, trying to describe it in in every detail, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, it's actually, it's actually." You know, you just think about orange as orange, but it generates heat and everything. So she's done a very nice job, and I think it is. It makes you want to reflect on the gift we've been given—the gift of sight. Mm.
2: Blessing's writing is, like, she tried really hard to keep the secret in the bag as she was telling the story, giving you just enough to make you more curious, just enough to make you want more. And um, I think she did a good job of it, and I can't wait to see her try her hand at Mystery.
0: Okay, let's talk about um, The Mother's Devotion. Usually when we think of disabilities, we're always worried about the victims themselves. What do we think about the people who have to care for them, who have to love them despite everything, who have to cater for them day in, day out and continue to function as normal? What do you think about the mother and the father? Would you say that they've been great parents? Would you say that they've... Um, It's funny, she was the only child in the story when you think of um people from cow or living close around cow you would think northerners you would think muslims and you would also think multiple children it's on rare occasion that you see only one child and usually it probably be a health reasons if not family would not let you like let you rest they would ask how come should we marry another wife if she cannot give you more children like should we bring one for you from the village so iman was the only child But the narrator, um, Blessing, did not tell us that at any point in time they tried to have more kids, or they did not try, or they decided since we have a um, since we have a child who is disabled, maybe we shouldn't try again and put another person through. We we do not know. All we know and saw was what Blessing told us about how they catered for her from the perspective of the child herself. So, what do you think about their devotion to her? to Iman
3: okay uh for me I I don't know there's just I think from a mother's perspective um it's like when you have a child you take it upon yourself that it is your duty to do literally everything for them as long as they're little and they're even when they're grown up and big you have to be in their lives. You want to make sure they get things right. You want to be there for them when they need you. You want to listen to to listen to listen them all the time. Even when they're not saying anything, you try to understand what is really going on in their head. It is just the job of a mother. It's just being a mother. I don't know, but from the story I got, I didn't think um, the mother of Iman was, was struggling. I think she was doing just what she needed to do because this is her child and it is her job to make sure Iman was okay. Although... The father was not. We didn't really get. The the author did not really talk much about the, for the relationship the father and Iman shared. I think the only part we hear is the late night stories. He talks about the mining from Kao and all that. But for the mother, it was very clear how uh, how much effort she put into it. How she really ensured that yes, this was happening, and she wanted to make sure. I think at some point she said, "Um, her mom, um." ensured that uh, she taught her everything she like literally everything she needed to know like a normal child so she would be like a normal child i think that is what a mother does it's just normal even if iman was not blind i think her mother would have done every other thing for her just so she's able to do them for herself and then but then she came out blind so it's like double um duties and all so yes um maybe sometimes she gets to because at some point there were tears and all that so i think sometimes she'll sit and say oh maybe it, how would it have how would the story would have turned out if my daughter was not blind how would it have been what she, what kind of life would she have led and all that i, I don't know if i'm really because i mean at I, I, the ending part me, i don't really the, the big reveal i don't know it 'cause I didn't really understand like that. You have to wait for it, just like the audience too. So I'm just saying what I what I understand from the story. So I think I think um Iman's mom enjoyed every part of what she was doing for hmm? I think she enjoyed every part of motherhood with Iman. That's it for me.
1: I would disagree with you. I would disagree with you a lot. A lot. Um um, a lot of times, let, let's let's go back to our soldiers that are dying on the borders of um of Nigeria. Then, when you come around, they feel pity for the soldiers. Nobody talks about their wives. Nobody talks about their children. Let's talk about the soldiers that are injured, and they are what you what you they're incapacitated and the wives have to take care of them. So people come around and were like oh this soldier but nobody talk talk about those who actually take care of them. Now there are issues of divorce that people would go but we're talking about your own your own child. And this is cow we should check out the setting. This is cow. It is not some kind of um um how do I put it? Some kind of jerry setting that, you know, the gates are locked, everybody's child is all the children are outside playing. They can see, they can touch, they can then you have to teach your child in colours. It is dev- maybe the author didn't want us to I mean delve into her emotional um weak not weakness, emotional um state, yes that much but every time she has to teach this child in colors trying to go it's pain i'm not saying she doesn't enjoy it she would enjoy it but then it's pain all through it is it is pain and um, while we're talking about in um, disabilities and everything we should really consider those who are taking care of them because She's in Kao, like um all said, She's in Kao. This man is obviously not that educated. Baba. Yes. Baba was he's not educated. According to the story, he's been selling in Kao before he moved to and if you check out the setting, I'm trying to answer your question. If you check out the setting, he moved from Kao to Kaswambachi, talking about the relationship between the Iman and, and the parents. The setting is the man goes to Kaswambuchi. We all know how Kaswambuchi is. Go in the morning, come back in the evening. So the little time he has, which is the evening, is where is, is what he spends with um, Iman, and it's never enough, which is being controlled by the mom. And the mom, who has to stay all day, probably being a housewife. And this is funny. This is funny because, you know, I could... Be, uh, um, just like you said, Hausa people, Muslim people, northern people, cow people would have, you know, 12 children, 13 children roaming in the street. Yet these are parents that are just here going from one therapist to another. It is love. These, these are the things you only get from educated people. So I, I don't know how, you know, Blessing has w- was able to do all of this, twist it to create. Um, and this is not fiction. We've seen a lot of um, uneducated people or illiterates that you will call it, who call them, that would actually do something good for their children. And I think they have been a very good parent because it is better to have one than to have many that is not equal to one. It's, um, it's a very um, good relationship, and I think uh, they all played their part. The father was providing while he's in, in Kasombechi, and the mom actually took the educational part for the child, which went a long way.
3: I still stand, Daba. The person that is blind, you cannot suffer more than the person that is blind. I don't know. Like, she is blind. What could be worse? Yes, the mom, I know it hurts. She thinks about these things. There are bad days and all that, and she gets to do this. But she can see.
1: Do you do you know the, the, the issue of... um? Wants and needs. Needs is you are if you are enclosed in this room, this is your world. This is what you know. Anything you are told, it's fine because you're knowing it. When you know that your child can be more than this and she isn't, is a special pain that you... I don't pray any of us would ever feel it.
2: Okay, so... Um, while the man from Kao... Has a shop in Kaswambachi. I'm not sure if he still has a shop in Kaswambachi as of the telling of the story. I'm also not sure if that part was true because Baba started taking creative liberties. So we don't know which one was true (laughs) and which one was that. So let's just leave Baba alone. Um, I think in the beginning, they were really loving parents. I think they understood Iman's um, disability and they made the most of it their mother tried to well her mother tried to make sure that she experienced as much of life as she could and even though blessing doesn't say it it you kind of get the feeling like the mother chose to stay and homeschool her daughter instead of sending her to another to a school where she would probably be uh, bullied and stigmatized because of her blindness I went to a secondary school that had a couple of blind kids. And for some reason, I don't know how, but then they ended up being within around the same set, like, um, I think, um, two or three classes back to back. And they would do everything together. They had their Braille typewriters in different classes, but then they would have their meals together. They would um, go for prep together. Like, was just... And I think the reason why they did was because... Nobody could understand where they're coming from, their experiences, their lives, and they, maybe to an extent, they, they felt that anybody that would try to sympathize with them is pitying them, and they don't—they don't want pity. They were very proud; they were comfortable in who they were. Funny enough, she mentioned Kobams, because he was one of them. So I think the parents really tried to, especially her mother, really tried to give them a, uh, give Iman a comfortable life one that she doesn't even realize that her blindness is supposed to be a disability regarding baba well we'll get into that i don't like this if you two know
1: something that, that I, don't know. Know. I don't i no, don't
3: know that we don't know tell us not yet okay but i'm
0: going to start um, um revealing it small small now <clears throat> from the story we want to understand that iman was born blind she had never seen colors except for how it was explained to her by her mom so when at 6 iman started showing signs of speech impairment what would you say is responsible for this i mean one disability is enough now she's just a child why is another one joining it so um when i was reading the story even before i got to the end the moment i saw that i had to pause to go and do research on um um, kids suddenly developing speech impairment. And there are several reasons why this would take place. And that is what the doctor, um, the speech therapist, talked about. Dr. Louisa. Dr. Louisa said that um, usually something um, of this nature wouldn't just happen. The child must have suffered from one thing or another. And Mama did something curious after that so you just um you discover your child is has developed a problem more problems than she already has you take her to a speech therapist to fix her and then the the person is advising you let's try and find out the cause of this thing because knowing the cause would also provide a solution and you decide never to go back there why do you think that is maybe because
3: maybe because she knows what's causing it how what cost it? So, She's in on it. So what cost it? Is that what you want
1: to ask me? I don't know. <laughs> okay, another thing, but to answer that question, I don't know what you're talking about, but to answer that exact question, um, we have these. Um, is it pride or something for parents? My child is already going through a lot. Don't tell me things that would not be explainable or something. So I I, I think she never went back because she's just been a Nigerian parent, last, last.
2: Okay, so um, I don't know if this is a grand reveal or anything, but um, I think the reason why they never went back is, yes, like you guys said, something happened, and her mother realized or started suspecting um, she had an idea of what it might be. And the shame, because a lot of the time when things happen to your kids, you don't even, you don't even, um, you often blame yourself. Like even though it could be something that you, an accident that you had no control over, but you would still blame yourself because you feel you are responsible for this child. You are the one that brought the child into this world. You should be there whenever they need you. So I think um, that's why she stopped Taking him there
1: I'm scared. I have a suspicion. When, when I,
2: it, I, I, I hope it's not what I'm thinking.
3: I hope it's not what we are thinking.
1: Okay, is I, 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 would. I, it would be so nice if this um, trauma is physical because i'm scared now it's going to be, it's more likely to be emotional now talking about the
3: how about emotional and then physical
1: can you just reveal this into us because i'm, I'm growing my impatience is growing wearing things. i'm
0: going to start reading some parts so as to begin to answer your questions <sighs> once when i was younger i held on to my mother's veil as she tried to leave me in a room alone with baba by the time her footsteps were inaudible and a door somewhere in the house had closed, I was left only with a line of miserable thread in my hands, so soft it almost felt like I was holding water. <laughs> <laughs> you people should wait. You people should wait. You people should wait. He has this idea for why you people are refusing to understand it and then people cannot talk. But wait first to go like... This. Wait. Hold on, let me read one more please
1: if <laughs> good <laughs>
0: Ayamba provides a platform for artists to showcase their talents. Whether you are a writer, poet, painter, dancer, singer, etc., visit www.ayambalitcast.com and create your artist profile. This will allow members of our community to find and engage with you. But that's not all. I am Balitcast also has a growing catalogue of podcasts ranging from lifestyle and poetry to manga and novels. So join our family, get discovered, and enjoy more podcasts. Like all kids, once they do something to the amusement of an adult, they don't know when to stop. Aren't men the same way too? Constantly repeating their actions only for their amusement. Look at Baba, always telling me about the man from Kao. Mm. When I turned six, the story began to make a twisted ending. Coolia, what a thing. You've told me this story over and over again, Baba. Please, Nagaji. Today it will end differently. Just ask he promised down the street from where what is the name of the cat and what color is the bicycle this was the new ending of the story down the street from Navell street on his black bicycle in search of his cat kulia who got lost between two buildings his hands would crawl from my stomach and plunge between my thighs in search of a make-believe cat
2: okay so that was it the big reveal Baba is a pedophile or at least somewhere on the fringes. Um, At some point in the story, when she's talking to Dr. Halim, you get the impression that she's maybe 16 years or older. And she's seen a therapist for whatever happened because at the end something else happened um i think in her own case she's lucky not lucky in the sense that she suffered this but lucky in uh, that she had a mother that understood and that was willing to do something about it i have known people that were molested as kids and if it was a guy they would use it to brag because it meant that he was sexually active before the rest of us and if it was a woman then that's where the shame and disgust comes in because um she's been soiled or like it's our society just had doesn't have its priorities straight now the fact that iman had a mother that once she had the evidence the proof she did something about it shows that okay things aren't lost we our society hasn't gotten hasn't degraded to that extent, and regarding Fresh and Hanan, I think the reason why it didn't really jump out at them is i think it was like this um, subconscious mental block like it's so it's such a horrible act that they were not willing to consider it they were willing to consider any other possibility but not that. And I think that's um, that's the default reaction that a lot of parents will have. I know somebody that, when she was molested, she was molested by a cousin, I think, that was staying with them. This is her home. It's not like she was staying with somebody else. And her parents found out all they did was send her away to go and stay with her aunt, and then she lived with them for some years, while that same cousin lived with her parents. Um... But I've seen a change as well. A lot of parents now, new parents, young parents, are almost the exact opposite. They would probably kill if it was their child that was in that situation. So, like I said, I think our society is getting better with regard to um, pedophilia and um, things like that. sexual Sexual violence at home. So, for... Hanan and Fresh considering they are parents and um and they have a, a daughter and for them it's more personal than somebody like me that doesn't it's a possibility that you would never want to imagine so you would try to wash over it or ignore it or pretend or tweak it just maybe those words didn't mean exactly what they meant maybe she actually meant something else
3: The sweet baba that tells bedtime stories hmm. Oh Allah! Yes, no, I refuse to agree. Like I couldn't have thought about it. Yes, I knew something terrible happened, and I wasn't thinking the mother died like her nan was thinking. I thought there was some horrible man from Kau that was probably doing something, and it's there not was. Baba. It's not Baba. It can't be like Baba owns a bicycle.
0: Baba, you know this bicycle that they used to put your ring. And go and sell.
3: Okay. Yes, big reveal. That one is there. Then um, you kept saying, you said something about her mom. She was lucky to have a mother. I I don't know. Right now, I'm trying to connect all the dots and everything. But I think at some point, you know, the first part you read, you said uh, she was terrified when mama would leave her in the room. Okay, okay. Yes, she didn't know it was happening then. That she would leave them and then go out and then it will happen. Oh, my God. Ah, it's bad, it's bad. No, it should not happen to any child.
1: I don't have anything to say.
2: (laughs) I don't know if this was Blessing's way of trying to add retribution, but in my opinion, when Mama got her evidence, she killed him. And her description, the way she taught Iman to understand color Iman, as young as she was with never seen colors before, she could tell that if she could see, it would be red. She could smell what, sound, what smelled, in her opinion, was blood. And I feel he, um, this probably happened a long time ago, like maybe close to when she was six, maybe 10 or something. And I think at least five years have passed between when he died and when she's talking to... And I think at least five years have passed between when uh, Mama found her or got her evidence. And that's why the title is significant, The Man from Kao. Baba is the man from Kao. But then also in the telling of the story, his his atrocious act, he also used the story to describe it as he was committing the act. Even when she was telling the psychologist in the manner she told the story also felt like she was it, it's just like a retelling the man from Kao. like every it's symbolic it's not just that it tells you the it's about the man from Kao, but it's actually symbolic
0: because it is also the title of the bedtime story
2: i i don't know how to
1: start this but um i've heard a lot of stories you not know, to think about this But I was deliberately, you know, pushing it away because um, we all know that, I mean, um, abuse does not come from, 90% of abuse don't come from outside and they come from within. But, you know, this thing would make you have, I don't know how to, you cannot be sweet to your child again. They it creates some kind of um and I'm not saying this is um a fictional story because I've 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 seen I've have I have lots of friends that have been abused by their own you know, by their own father. But then <laughs> I think I don't know I don't know why I've not read this story, but this is a very big awareness. It's a very, very big awareness, and I should have thought about it because any man who would actually cajole someone to buy things that they don't need should should not be trusted. <laughs> That's one. Oh, then secondly, secondly, I should have thought about this. A story is a story. A story is a story, and for a, a very good parent, for a responsible parent, you should always have Innovative ways of telling story without lying to children. So, for the fact that you are telling the same story in different versions, I don't support jungle justice. But I mean, I can't even blame Mama.
0: Um, for me, the story. Yes, there was this gradual reveal, just like the last story we treated of um, Deborah it just keeps coming in bits and pieces until at the end it makes absolute sense um i feel for mama because i feel for mama because for her i don't think that it was um it was the same thing that fresh and hanan are feeling that i am sure she felt first it was the incredulity she couldn't believe it she didn't want to believe it so for a long time, she kept pushing it away, and that is why, when the um, Dr. Louisa, the speech therapist, tried to shed light on it, she just, "This is not me. It's not my uh, my daughter. It's not my husband. It's this is not my story. One one issue is enough. Let me just take my problem and go and continue fixing it as I've always done." And then there was this point where I think. Um, it's very sad because for the first time, we saw Mama not as this angelic, kind, gentle woman, but somebody who is beginning to break under the pressure. She said, um, the first time Mama taught me the parts of my body, she sang it in a song, my head, my shoulders, my knees, and then my toes. She taught me to say, I love you from my head to my toes. I love to reach for her toes. I always used to reach for Mama. Often the song would lead her to tickle me behind my ears and my knees, drawing fits of laughter out of my belly until we fell into each other, tangled in the yellow silkiness of her veils. Now listen to this. When (coughs) When Mama taught me the parts of my body the second time, it was done mechanically. Then my body became frigid and stoic. She held me at arm's length, poking me here and there with the blunt edge of an object. These are private parts, and these are public parts. So now, you have all the words, she seemed to say. It is your fault if you do not use them. For the first time, we see this woman not wanting to be responsible for what is happening to this child. She's asking, she's pleading, she's begging that the child... Does something about it, takes care of it, or at least comes out like I'm suspecting this, but I do not. I don't want to believe it. If it's true, tell me. Can you just, can you just tell me? And then she goes on to talk about how they no longer communicate. They cannot talk. There's silence between them, but they're, they're not sure who is keeping quiet because who is supposed to talk? Is it the daughter that's supposed to say, "Boy, I know you know, because you bath me every day. So if this is happening, you know." Or is it the mother that is supposed to say, this is happening, why didn't you tell me the first time it ever did? So there's this large gulf of blame that nobody is talking about. And I think that is the saddest part of the story for me. The way that they are unable to talk about this. Despite the love, despite the bond between the two of them. Okay. Uh, on a lighter note, I like that we killed Baba at the end. Oh my god! Yes, I, I, I join, I follow, join. I love that we. I, I think. Uh, let me even describe it. Even though, no, let um. Blessing did not do justice. She didn't show us the knife. It was a very long knife. Mama took the entire day sharpening it on a grinding stone. And then when the time was right, when Baba came back, oh, she served him dinner toward me and Kuka. And after he had finished eating it, and it was time for the bedtime stories, and, it was, and she had left him and Iman in the room, then she snuck in, walked on her tiptoes, approached him from behind, and, and tapped him in the neck. <laughs> And then his stomach, and then his heart, and then he was clutching it and screaming, my coolia, my coolia, and she was stabbing him every
3: time he said that.
2: <laughs> that I'm in a room full of psychopaths. Yeah,
3: um, Baba deserved to die. I wish he could die again, like mm-hmm. he should. Yes, I, I want to, I want to help human to i like i i want to kill baba no not literally you know but i'm just trying to express how really terrible this is i i am i feel very down right now thinking about it but any father that could do this to his child deserves to die really it's just the truth
1: be hanged
2: legally by law not jungle justice
3: Okay,
0: okay. So, what's our take home? And um, let's do both together. What's our take home? And what would you do different if you were the writer of the story?
2: What would I do differently? Um, Baba feels like a phantom in the story. He's spoken of. He doesn't really have a presence. He's like a ghost. And until the end, you realize that okay, he's this wraith that has been hanging around. Uh, I think if I was to write it maybe I would give him more substance so it doesn't so there's no allusions you know exactly who he is and what he did by the end my take home would be to keep an eye out always be vigilant when it comes to our children our siblings our grandchildren our friends children our neighbors children children in general They deserve to be protected. What would I do differently in this story? I doubt if I'm going to
1: do anything. Why? Because I think the fact that um, he's almost hanging around the characters, around the events, not, I mean, almost like an abstract um, being, it um, adds some kind of morals to the the story. Why? Because... Any, any man who would actually, you know, do this kind of thing does not deserve any relevance in, you know, in any event or something. And it has actually, um, she got her audience like that because the fact that the guy was just an, uh, Baba was just an abstract um, character, then the story had no um, specific um, stand. At at all at times, it, it was going back and forth. So you don't want to be, you would have the idea. As a person, you have the idea, but you wouldn't want to believe it. So I, I think she has done a, a very good job. And um, she's not trying to be us. So she didn't give some kind of, um. A, I mean, a mental picture of how Mama actually killed Baba also. Now, my take home is, I'm a parent. I would beg my wife. Because mm, maybe checkmate me sometimes. There are some, Um, w- the last time we were talking about when is it not okay for you to kiss your child in the lips again. This, you know, the perversity in the world now cannot even be overemphasized. So there should be um, some kind of ground rules and everything. Things that you should know. There should be a stage where it's so nice to actually, I mean, beat children. And the, but when it comes to the opposite sex, there should be that point where that child should not be wearing a shorts. I, I I'm, me, no, serious. I'm coming. Wait, let me wait, let me. But I'm happy we are we are here. I have a problem. I have a problem. Trying to westernize our our own culture.
2: You know there are cultures that they peck on the lips, bro. Huh? Yes, yes.
1: The Arabian culture and some of these are not um not American, but that's a culture. But you should also go there and find out that they are the ones sleeping with animals, sleeping with men. Now <laughs> it's a fact. You could look it up in on Google. Now, now we're Africans. We kneel down and greet our fathers. Mm. We don't kiss we pat on the back, we pat on the head, we say big head, then that's love for us. We should stick to It's not mediocrity. It worked for our grandfather. That's toxicity. Uh, <laughs> so we're like, hey, big head, big head. Well, I don't know. That, that's love. And we should stick to it. Because this idea of it was cousins, then uncles, then now fathers. And it is not even fiction. This is what is going on. Please, uh, we should check. I should be able to check my. Why are you ch- touching my son's pennies? Uh, what are you looking for? If I have. Tell me. Then I sh- when the. Yes. Yes. So when <laughs> you she's know. Drunk. Yes. No. When you know that, Wait, that somebody's. Husband to the wife. Yes, Husband. <laughs> when it's a male child. <laughs> when it's a female child and she has something in her private. Take it to the mother. Stop. No. Don't. Don't search, don't search please. <laughs> don't look for don't cool white All right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 Alright, uh Ha <sighs> um okay, I think Blessing did an incredible job with the story. Um And it's just funny how because, you know, it's just normal with kids how you just say, ah, you sing, and then you try to teach them a lot of things using music, trying to do, they say, do the action. If you're teaching something, it's okay, well, learning my head, my shoulder, you do the actions, you touch this part, so it stays and it sticks, and then it's fun, and you know, okay, that's the proper way. So I think it's the whole, the craft, the evil craftiness of the father like how he's able to think that okay let me let me. it's a story I'm telling a story it's not bad it's not something it's not something weird I'm just we're, we're, we're just having fun this is how it's done like it's normal how is he able to do that how is he able to do that like he's able to say yes you know uh it's a story about this person about the man from cow and then he's coming and then ask me ask me don't worry it's going to end differently this time and then she would ask and then he would start, like the guy is a bastard like he's mean it's anyway i don't want to lose it so my take home is you can't be too careful. You can't be too careful. You can only try. You can't. You can't know it all. You can't be too careful. You can only try. You can try to watch your kids, make sure you put them in good. But you don't even know the safe hands. That's the point. You put your child in an orphan. Oh God, not an orphanage. You put your child in a crutch. You don't know who she's exposed to. Uh, even female, even women would abuse female kids like it's crazy it's a crazy world we live in then you put her, you you keep her in um with a family member you don't know what is going on there so it's like everything is just it's crazy so you need to pray you need to pray about it you need to tell god to protect your child when you're not looking and then when you're there you need to look harder because even while you're there some things could be happening
1: you just have some baba you know
3: like some baba that deserves to die just doing some kind of thing so that's it no
0: Okay, thank you so much. Um, For me, my take-home is I've always believed that we should be harsher with our punishment for crimes such as this. Um, Crypt said it earlier on when he said that uh, people are becoming more aware there is less stigma attached to abuse and we are more willing to um, pursue justice instead of just hide it under the canopy of uh, what will people say. So my take home is everybody out there who is either a victim or knows somebody who is suffering or is aware that this is happening, please do something about it. I mean <clears throat> on one hand Iman is already blind but and you would think ah, this one is enough for her to handle all her life. And then you sit back and you realize that that is not enough. Somebody else went ahead to do this for her. And now she's seen a therapist. Not because she can't function as an adult blind woman, but because something has been scarred in her. Let's not keep quiet. Let's not not pretend it's not happening. Let's not try to... um, Let's not... Let's not trivialize it. It goes, a, um, this, this is, I mean, you grow up knowing that your parents are your safe zone. The one person who is meant to protect you is meant to love you, whom you could always, always feel s- safe with. Your family, same thing. And then there happen to be the major number of people who end up hurting us. please. Let's all do something. Let's pick out. Let's do something about it. This brings us to the end of this episode. As usual, I enjoyed myself, and I can't wait for us to do this once again. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye, 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 (laughs) bye.
0: enjoyed our chat and would like to continue the discussion kindly follow us on twitter and instagram at the short tales club also you can find the story and other works by the author on amazon using the link provided in our show notes doing so would greatly help the podcast grow thanks in advance and see
2: you next time